Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this episode, the doc welcomes Grammy-nominated engineers Chris James and Dylan Dresdo into the studio to discuss working with Prince on Hit and Run Phase 2, Third Eye Girl, Andy Allo, Judith Hill, and much more. And now, if there ain't no justice, then there ain't no peace, Dr. Funkenberry. Ah, what's up? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. We're going to have a fun week this week. Please make sure, guys, to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher so immediately when the show goes up, you get the download. You don't have to worry about me posting links to Twitter or Facebook or to Instagram or find out from your mom. Everything is taken care of. What is up, Producer Chris? <laughs> What's up, Doc? You ready for a fun show? Yeah, Do you I'm excited. Do you want to tell them? Who our guests are, Grammy-nominated guests, we and have, one winner? Yeah, we have two very special guests. We have sound engineers, Chris James and Dylan Dresdo. And they're going to be with us. As soon as we get past the news section, we're going to have them here live. Do we, wanna, do, we, do we want to say why they're Grammy-nominated, do we want to keep that surprise? Well, we're going to go into that. They were nominated this morning. For Of course, this will air a little bit later. For phase two, Prince Hit and Run, phase Woo! two. Yes. You know, which was unfortunately Prince's last series here, but we'll get into that. So we have that as a news item, but we also have the Paisley Park tours. They just had um, some stuff added to it. Apparently, they're in 2017, they're going to have a black album and love sexy room. Can we talk about that black album room? <laughs> Is it just going to be four black walls? Well, I think I think it's gonna be blackout black, and love sexy room. Black chair. Oh, I got you. But since you know the black album was shelved for love sexy, all the winter in love was kept from that. That's right. We'll see what happens with that room. Sam Jennings hasn't been too kind on it, and it's just funny because I'm saying that when they do their celebration at Paisley, which by the way, both uh, v- the VIP tickets are all sold out for it. I was saying that I would like Sam to do the tours. And have yeah. other engineers involved as far back as Femi G and others right. that get involved. But we haven't heard anything about that. So we have those tours. And then also you have the purple prowler of his on display along with his baby blue Bentley, which he'd mentioned in songs around the 3121 era time and also 3121 Las Vegas shows. That's so that's cool. now added to the tour. That's cool. I, course, the, the purple prowler holds a, a place in my heart because I actually saw him drive up to Paisley you know, doing the cool, the the window half rolled down, like you could barely see his eyes and then roll it back up as he w- drove by Paisley. And we were just standing in front waiting to get in later. Yeah, that was that's a pretty cool memory. You were standing in front. I think I just saw Manuela drive it one time. I, I wanted to show the black Cadillac because that would be the one that we would drive around in listening to new music. Ah, but cool. also <clears throat> the Baby Boo Bentley, 3121 Vegas say. shows. <laughs> he said, I got a Bentley, Baby Blue. You know, and, and cool. He added into the lyrics. Nice. Now, another thing we're just going to touch base on that happened was the title thing is ongoing. Apparently, Prince's estate released the documents of Jay-Z's sales pitch, which was interesting. It kind of oh, looked Lord. like Access TV sales pitch to him a few years ago when they were trying to get us to host a show from Paisley Park with Third Eye Girl because he was wanting stuff like that. But if they would have done that early 2013 instead of the end of it, I think you would have been down for it. But there's just a lot of stuff going on with title. It's getting pretty dirty. Sticky. 
They're having a court date Thursday, December 8th. We're going to be covering all of it next week in the aftermath. We'll see if Jay-Z countersues. But the problem is, is right now that title is the official home of Prince's streaming music. It's what he had when he was here. And I do believe it was a handshake deal aside from phase one, which he was paid $750,000 for. Hmm. But since then, everything else that's appeared on title was a handshake deal and there's no documents. Yeesh. Don't don't cross Londell's. I'll say on that one, but we'll cover that next week. But right now, we're going to get to what you guys are really listening to us for. Mr. Chris James and Dylan Drosdow. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Well, thank you guys so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. So, were you guys expecting this Grammy nomination this morning? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, <clears throat> you don't just wake up and say, "I, sh- I should probably at least I, have one." I was one. still working, so I was still up when I, I got a too. text message. Oh, really? Yeah, I was just like, because it's I like East Coast time, you passed, know, and... almost ready to pass out, and then. <laughs> The news was on in the background, and then they said Grammy nominations, and then I woke up, <laughs> and then I started Googling. Right. I was like, of course, I typed Prince in. Right. And then my heart stops when I get to yeah. Category 69. This is, yes, this it is was the, Category it's the 69. Best Chris. Engineer Non-Classical, which is a big deal if you're an audio engineer. So. That's right. cool. Yeah. And... and you know, I mean, I think the first thing that hits you is it's so bittersweet, you know, yeah. you wish yeah. he was here, you of wish course. you could, you know, share in the joy and everything, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of the first thing. But I mean, you know, I mean, Chris are friends and to kind of see our names together is mm-hmm. means a lot to, I think, both of us. I know it needs a lot to me. And the me other, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the other people who are nominated in that category, I mean, we, we when we work on these records, there's mm-hmm. a lot of sacrifice that goes on and it's right. not just this record the other nominees i'm sure went through it their families went through it there's a lot of like you know things that you put on the back burner when you're trying to make music that's going to speak to people right and so there's there's a lot of you know if just for uh for me personally it just felt like after working really really hard these insane hours which are true you've heard the Mm -hmm. rumors they're they're true you would 30 hours and go back to your hotel room and the phone would be ringing when you open the door to immediately go back to Paisley. It would happen, you know? So this kind of, um, I want to say it kind of makes it all, you know, worth it, you know, to some degree. It just, it feels really good in that, that regard. But, you know, got to get a little sense of validation, you know, at least. Yeah. It's cool to, cool to be nominated, right? Yes. I'm kind of like looking at the other people that were nominated. Um, Before you go to that, do you mind if we just speak on Justin and... Yeah, because I was going to say with Justin on there, you have Justin Stanley that was also nominated with you and along with Prince. I was going to bring up is it seems like Bowie is the only other artist that was involved in the engineering in the category aside from Prince. But yeah, Justin Stanley... He, he engineered the album. He was the first person that told me about it. He didn't know about it. I saw his name on the credits, and I saw him at a Nika Costa show, and I go, hey, dude, so you, you're you on the new Prince album. He's like, what? And I went, yeah, it has you as engineer. He had no clue that when the album came out, tracks that he worked on right. were, were ones that he engineered. 
He was like, what? And he's like, can you get me a copy of it? And I go, yeah, I'm going to Paisley next week. I'll get it for you. <laughs> this is a common thing. Like, oh, a record came out? I'll see if we're on it. You know, yeah. like, I'm at Paisley and a record comes out and literally not one song I worked on was on the record, which is a bizarre thing. Wow. You know? Right. And, and that, that was phase one. So it was like, well... This is this is kind of interesting. Like, okay, and then then it's like, well, is it even my mix? Is it you know? I know I worked on this song, but is it my version that came out? And right. you have to be really careful about you know you don't want to blab on social media and then whoops, it wasn't my mix. Or mm-hmm. you know, right. it's happened before with some some songs I worked on, you know, weren't my favorite mixes. But uh-huh. I mean, in the we're in a client service based industry, uh-huh. so. If we're not necessarily happy with the way a song turned out, but the client is, then we've done our job. And Prince right. was absolutely happy whenever, you know, he would never <laughs> allow anything to go. He had control over all of that. Right. And there was no way he was going to put out something that he didn't feel strongly about. So, yeah, you know, he felt good about it, you know. Especially with phase two, because that was a lot of tracks. The mixing of it and the engineering of it, everything from the from the way it flows you know, no disrespect to, to phase one. It's like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. But phase two is just, it's a really, really solid album. Yeah. You know. I, I, I feel, I was excited just because we were, the first song that I worked on in that record was Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I, when I, I remember first listening to it, just going, this is a what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a times are a changing. I mean, it, this was... Man, finally, we got some social movement right. going on in music again. Instead mm-hmm. of the club and the this and the popping and the champagne and ooh, right? Like it's not easy to to enact social change through music. Right. And you know, you can kind of. For me, I remember listening. I mean, we, whenever we were listening to the uh, final mix, like we were, we would mix a song and then we would mm-hmm. go in his car, like his, and, and listen to the different songs to kind of get. A car test is what we call right. it. Right. Like, is this, if we're not feeling it in the car, then nobody else is going to feel it in their car. And we are cool. planning on people listening to this. So we would sit That's there cool. and I remember at one point saying, you know, there is some like redneck in the middle of nowhere who's going to hear this song and maybe they're going to get their change, change their mind about the way uh-huh. things are, you know, and may, or at least start to think about things a little bit right. more differently with an open mind and start to go, yeah, you know, this is. Maybe we can make the world a better place. I know it sounds idealistic, you know, but so what, you know, Mm. if if you're trying to do the right thing. Right. And I understand when that first came out, thank God, like when what's going on inside of the times came out, there wasn't social media there because post we posted the audio and it's a five minute track, I believe. Within a minute, people already leaving hate comments. And I'm like, how have they already heard the track already? And that's what would upset me about social media. It's like people want to be the first one to hate something. And now, you know, then you then people come with preconceived notions. But it to lead off phase two just kind of like sets the tone of everything. Yeah. And look, we needed songs. You said there's so many popping champagne songs, popping bottles. <laughs> we needed a I mean, Baltimore you know, track. And, and there, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a good time. I mean, Prince... You know, let's go crazy is not about <laughs> right. You know, and what's interesting, I mean, let's go crazy is an interesting track because there is a deeper meaning under there. You know, mm-hmm. the, the elevator lyric right. being changed. You guys know this more yeah. than I do. But you know, whenever it came to, you get in whenever you work with a, a legendary artist like Prince, you think mm-hmm. about those records. You know, like Purple Rain controversy, all these different things. Whenever you're going, man, 
I want to make a record that holds its own with those. You really have this ambition going in, like we, I got to come with my A game, like I've never come before. Right. And when things get difficult, you know, in terms of the hours and stuff like that, uh-huh. it's just difficult. You know, you roll up your sleeves and you just work harder. I mm-hmm. think me and Chris both kind of come from that mentality of, you know, sometimes things get tough, but we just, you know, plug on through it. That's why, right. I, you know, Chris had worked with him for a very long time up there through the freezing Chan, yeah, the, the, yeah. the coldest winter on record <laughs> oh, while I was there. It was just like, really? I he was trying in, to get me out there. I'm like, I live in Southern California. I, my I'm blood with you, man. is oh, not man. accustomed to this. <laughs> I am with you on that, is all I can say. Car heaters don't get hot enough. But yeah. at the same time, when your human body just goes to its brink of exhaustion uh-huh. and you're just ready to pass out, and he's sitting there playing. The most incredible guitar riff or lead. And you kind of slap yourself. And you're like, that's Prince. Let me wake up. Let me take right. this in. Let me... He Not knowing that, you know, he'd be gone so soon. Yeah. But even then, it was just like, let me soak this up. Yeah. Like, I feel so lucky to have been a part of this whole process and can't explain how it happened, you know? Right. Yeah. It, we'll go it, into that more. Well, it very much... I remember just myself feeling like I can't believe I underrated this guy as such a fantastic guitarist. He, everybody knew right. he's a great guitarist. Everybody's right. known this. But he's been around for such a long time that it's easy to take that for granted. And, you know, whenever his passing, you know, happened, I think people started going to, I mean, I saw the video of him playing, you know, my guitar gently weeps. I think you know, a lot of people were like, holy man, how have I not seen this until now? Like right. this happened a while ago. And, and you just go, what a fantastic talent. I mean, right. no, you know, he was he was an interesting person, and some people don't like that. They fear it. They make up, you know, like you were talking about hateful comments and stuff, but they're never right. going to be able to take away the talent that man had. Right. I'm just glad that you guys and us and there's other people, the real fans, had this appreciation for him and understood, like, that moment. Like, seeing him playing that guitar solo at Paisley, you're like, what am I doing? Oh, man, could get my second one, get my third one, whatever exactly. I need to get. Yeah. 18th, you know. yeah. let's go. <laughs> and I just, because that's what I used to say, but I thought we had a lot, a lot more time. Because yeah. I'd be like, man, I would, I'd be telling Chris, like, they're slamming Baltimore. I'm like, man, they're going to regret it when he's gone. They're not going to appreciate him the way that they that they should and they're like oh this isn't like let's go crazy or something else like no it's not intended to be it's like different where where, where's the jam and i'm like well you kind of have the jams on phase one but that came out a different time but just frustrating is that they didn't understand that there's layers and then people would be trying to always compare it to the older work and be like if you want the older work go back to it I, i never understood does did Baltimore or other tracks? Did that take away from anything from the other albums? Did it change anything? No. Did it change a baseline? Did it change a keyboard riff? No. Get over it. It just adds to the greatness of him. Right. You know. But, but he had. I mean, <clears throat> during that time period, at least me personally, we worked on so much material. I mm-hmm. mean, there is so much stuff, and you talk about the vault, and you, it, mm-hmm. it's just amazing how much like right. i remember being frustrated going why did he put these songs on there was so many he had other songs similar to baltimore why didn't right. he? and he i think he was like he wanted to keep people guessing that's why like kind of the next single was stare which is a funky right. nasty delicious awesome thing you know mm-hmm. and i remember going oh, this is so different but how do you make the how do you put these two songs on the same record and i think it worked i, I, I mm-hmm. think that's why one of the reasons why we got nominated right 
But um, yeah, going through that process was, I, I, I don't envy him at nights listening to all of the songs, determining which songs were going to be released as a collection of work because it was, there was so much great material there. And sometimes even whenever we were doing takes, I mean, I didn't really record him all of that often. Uh I mean, I think uh, Chris probably did that and he recorded himself quite a bit, Uh but there would be times that he would lay down the most amazing stuff and go, okay, give me another take. And you're like, whoa, wait a second here, man. (laughs) And mind you, we're talking analog. So when you record over it, the previous thing's gone. gone. No apples. Yeah. Yeah, No, yeah. Undo. That's always a nervous thing. Yeah. You know, especially if you're on the machine. Mm -hmm. Right. And you got to do a punch or something. Right. That, the weight of the gravity of your job at that moment, I can't explain. It was yeah. just yeah. like yep. it, the stress <laughs> that you build up in your mind and your body. Right. And yeah. and he would he always had a way of diffusing it mm. be, because it was just like, don't mess up because you'll be gone. Like, just don't mess up. That's when your heart skips a beat. Okay, let me get the tape. <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. And I know some people the listeners are gonna be a hard time because you say I record a bunch he recorded a bunch of stuff you wish was out. We won't get into that unless you want to elaborate more. If not, you can say next question. But I know they're gonna give me crap on the message boards. I'm gonna go like what other music can you tell us one song or whatever? You can say next question if you want, but at least no, I asked. It's it's not up to you know, Prince released what he wanted to. Right. And again, like I said, he was in control over all of that. So he wasn't forced to nobody was really like, you know, mm. at least that I could see, nobody it was him that was it was saying, This is the collection of work and we're gonna release this way. It's up to his estate to determine how they right. wanna do that at this point. And they seem to be doing a good job so far. I, I don't have any complaints or any, you know, right. things. I to say think about as this. soon as everything gets settled, then people will see what they wanna see and not yeah. a Prince Forever set. I mean, right. people do want a Purple Rain remastered, but we also want more new material, some of the stuff that he was working on from Rough Enough to Black as a New Black. And also a bunch of other work that he was working yeah, on. Phase one and phase two right. B-sides or whatever didn't make those records. I'm sure there could be a phase three and four. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I think at one time he was planning on it because sure. he put phase three and then on Twitter, like, there's not going to be a phase three. Like, he put it out there two hours before phase three. That's safer phase three. I think it was free yourself. And then two hours later, he goes, there's not going to be a phase three. So this was Prince ultimately changing his mind all the time or yeah. in real time to, yeah. to the world. He woke up the next morning and said, well, maybe I won't do that. Right? He, he could do whatever he felt. He was very intuitive or very spontaneous, right? He would know what he'd want on the tracks because sometimes he brings stuff over to Femi Gia, one of his engineers. Okay, Femi, start mixing this and doing all this stuff. And while that was happening, Prince would have the artwork the booklet and everything ready for the project <laughs> before Femi was done mixing going, when did you do that? He's like, right now. What? Yeah. So yeah. he was ultimately blowing everyone away no matter what it was. It's just like what um, Terry Lewis said one time. I played bass my entire life and this guy plays my instrument better than I do. Like yeah. he didn't understand how that's possible. So yeah. I know that he maybe may not have been the best engineer, but his ears were trained for certain stuff. And so you can talk to him on that level. Unlike some other artists that are telling you what to do. And you're like, man, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. You know, with yeah, him, I, I think he really was a very underrated engineer. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll say he wasn't very well versed on a computer, but uh-huh. you give him a console, some tape and some instruments. Right. 
look out. Yeah. Like, that's his element and had been from the 70s on. This is one of the reasons why I'm rooting for him to win this award because I don't exactly. think he's won an engineering award. Exactly. Yeah. I feel oh, like really? he is well deserving of it because, I mean, right. you, you would just, <clears throat> you know, when you would be amazed sometimes whenever you would come in the next day at what you had ready to go. Like, man, we worked crazy hours and he stayed uh-huh. up. We thought we were done at, at hour 30, and I came in the next day like, how did he find time to do this? Like a full full composition. I mean, it was amazing. It really, you know, these. I understand why some of this stuff sounds like made-up things, but it happened, man. It was, it was reality. You know, you would come in the next day and go, how did he find time to record a full track? You know, whenever I was wiping the sleep out of my eyes, like, all right, I better get to the studio and wait around and twiddle my thumbs, and nope, there's a new song to mix. It's true, because I remember at the Andy Superconductor sessions at Record Plant, which we were involved with, mm-hmm. I remember we were there. I arrived maybe at like 11 p.m. and I went back with Prince to his hotel at 3 a.m. to play me some music. And he's like, all right, I'm going to call it a night. But he's calling his assistant, no, his manager at the time, Julia. Julia, yeah. Like every 15 minutes with ideas that we talked about. Like he had this idea, let's do this, and then other ideas that he had. And then I'm getting ready to leave the studio at 5.30 in the morning. He's walking back in. Yeah. Like, he, like supposedly he slept, but he was calling Julia literally every 15 minutes. Yeah. So, like, I can totally understand the whole wiping the sleep out of your eyes. And here he is. And I got I to gotta, gotta love it. When we left the recording studio to go into his car, to go back to the hotel, listen to the new music, it's Prince because he's chilling there. But when he walks out of the studio... It's, like I said, three in the morning. He's putting his shades on. Make sure to have that little walk right by the person at the entrance that's taking names or where, where you're headed inside the record plant. Yeah. He was <laughs> just always... strutting and just with purpose. Totally with See? purpose. Yeah. yeah. It was fantastic. You know, and it was so charismatic. You could uh-huh. you could recognize him by the walk. It wasn't like James Brown and it wasn't like this. It was just, you know, Prince. I remember the uh-huh. first time that I went to the Grammys was the year that uh, he performed with Beyonce. Big opener. Fantastic, man. Oh, man. I was... I was there. I was like... Yeah. You know, it was one of those moments where kind of in your career, you feel like, holy crap, even though it had nothing to do with that at all. (laughs) But I remember at one point, whenever he was leaving the show, he left prematurely before the end of the show, but he went through the, the venue and the whole... Things being televised, the whole show's going on. People are standing up and kind of like watching him leave. Like right. they didn't give him a standing ovation, like clapping because it was being televised. But right. people stopped what they were doing and stood up to watch Prince leave the venue. Is that crazy? <laughs> I felt that way about the last three or four Grammys when he's presenting. I feel yeah. like there's an elevation of excitement, yeah. Yeah, and then absolutely. he arrives, and yeah. then it's just like. A whole nother level. Something and everyone's just hoping he's going to perform instead right. of present. Yeah. yeah. Even at the Golden Globes, they lose their crap. He came out the yeah. Golden Globes wearing an outfit that only Prince could wear, or maybe Blanche <laughs> from the Golden Girls. But they lose yeah. their crap. Like yeah. the Hollywood crowd just went nuts. The girl, the woman from Mom, she was in, in Greece as well. They all went nuts for him, like, oh, my God, it's Prince. And at the Grammys, the standing ovations, the American Music Awards, I think, like, Beck, like, didn't know what to do. I think Beck was just yeah. thankful. That's, to- that's always awesome to yeah. see the artists. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the most incredible moment of my career, but it's more exciting that he was presenting to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Even Gautier, yeah. when yeah. they yeah. won. Yeah. And yeah. with, uh, oh, I forget her name right now. Shucks. Best new artist? Well... 
Not not for that, but for the Gautier one, yes, the one that's singing with her. Oh, my God. Kimbra. 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 Yeah, and then about. The weekend when he got it, he was more like, give it up for Prince, everyone. Yeah. He didn't know what to say. He's definitely an artist's artist. Yeah. Right? yeah. And at the Oscars in 2007, the one he presented for Best Music, and it was a foreign artist one, he got down on his knee and kissed Prince like Prince was telling him to kiss the pinky ring. And Prince was like, get up, man. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? But people would lose their crap when he'd yeah. walk out. So I yeah. could just imagine a regular place of it. You know, I would love to have seen because I know he had to be it. Like just walking into Amoeba trying to look for some records to purchase. I've seen Will I Am at Amoeba before, <laughs> but Prince not so much. Now, speaking of which, with Will I Am and the record plant and Superconductor, that's kind of like how everything came to be with working with Prince, correct? Yeah, yeah. basically, you know, the, the my recollection of it is <clears throat> Will I Am had uh, been in touch with Prince and Prince said, who's your engineer? And I've been doing a, I've worked with the Black Eyed Peas for over a decade. And so uh-huh. uh, he said, well, I'm using this guy, Dylan Dresdo. And so he's like, oh, can I get his number? And that's how they got in touch with me. So at the time he had uh, Julia, who was his, you know, taking care of all that stuff, she called and she said, yeah, uh, Prince wants to book you. And in the Black Eyed Peas camp is this guy, Prince Bort. He was actually a musical director for Nikki Costa back in the day and, and has done a whole bunch of other stuff. He, he also is doing a, pursuing solo work right now. But uh, his name is spelt with P-R-I-N-T-Z, Bord. <laughs> and so I thought, they said, it's Prince. I figured it's this, this guy I've been working right. with for a long time. And so they said, you know, uh, I was busy at Record Plant because I was working with Will, Will I Am. And I said, well, you know, you're going to have to book this, you know, big expensive studio. It can't be anything low budget and da, 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 all this stuff kind of right. getting demandy. And uh, so she called me back and said, yeah, no problem. We'll be there tomorrow. And I said, okay. And so Andy came in, Andy Allo, and she's just a breath of fresh air. She's so nice and mm-hmm. great to work for, super talented and, and just everything you want in an artist. Mm-hmm. And we come in and we start working and stuff. And then eventually says, okay, looks like Prince will be here in a couple hours. And so a lot of times what you do in a recording studio is they'll call reception and say, ring in the studio whenever the person shows up. So you're right. prepared. You know, you don't, you're not like watching TV or, you know, you're taking your job ser- a little bit more serious when they walk in the room. And so they call, they said, Prince is here. And then I look over and it's like this glass door, like the in the middle of the door, there's a glass pane so you can see through it. Uh-huh. And I see you walking, strutting through, same old strut, right in there. He's this little guy with all this energy coming in. He walks in, introduces himself with his like deep, lower octave voice. Hi, I'm Prince. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and you're expecting the black guy. I thought this was Prince. like a guy I've been yeah. working with for a Prince long time. Board. No disrespect yeah. to Prince Board. He's great, but... Uh, I was not expecting it to be somebody who made all these records that I bought right. whenever I was a child. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, whoa, you know, you feel like a bead of cold sweat right on the side of your face. <laughs> and you suck it up and you say, well, I'm here for a reason. And you just, you know, do your thing. But, yeah, I, I started working with Andy whenever he was producing her. Uh-huh. Um, I think it might have been like the next day or so we flew back to Paisley. And there were some technical issues up there. Uh-huh. I said, man, if I can just get back to L.A., I can knock this out really quickly and it'll be done. So we came back to L.A. Uh-huh. and uh, finished up everything at the record plant. And she had been working on that record for a really long time. It was, you know, a couple sl- – I don't think we slept for three days, but we finished it. You know, and I also did, s- did some work on the airplane. I had a laptop, and so I had digitized everything right. and did that. But um, – yeah, she she was fantastic, and then uh, from there um, we I started working with he hit me up again to work with Judith Hill, 
you know, right. obviously another talent, you know. Right. Love and her I was, album. I was album. super, dude. I love I was, Andy's too. Yeah, yeah. That's how no, they're both they're, they're amazing. They're so, I mean, but they're so different yeah. in what they do, you know. I mean, and and it's for me, I was excited because I I done work with Michael before um, on his re-release of Thriller and a couple mm-hmm. other things. Michael who? Who's this? Michael Michael Jackson. Oh, that and, one. And since yeah, since <laughs> since Judith had you know his association right. with her, yeah. I was like, oh man, this is a nice way to, you know, right. kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, we miss Michael as well, you know, mm-hmm. and it was a kind of a this is a really fun project. She's, mm-hmm. again, super talented, can sing her, you know, lungs out right. and play great piano and all these things. And um, I think after that is whenever Chris kind of took the reins and started doing a lot more full time. That was about that time. But you, you, I think, started working directly with him. Yeah, it was shortly after uh, Super... Superconductor? Superconductor. Okay. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I got on the plane after you've recommended the gig, and then, I mean, luckily for you, you didn't know what you were going into. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, was, I was going to end up in Minneapolis for yeah, all this winter on record. Yeah, I, I went into it, and then it was just all of a sudden, I'm here, you know, make it happen, and mm. not knowing what to expect. Um I'd never met Prince before, and uh-huh. it was daunting. I've been a fan since birth, <laughs> you know. Just, right. This is just one of the most amazing artists that ever lived. And here I am all of a sudden under the reins of capturing his next project. And it was just mm-hmm. like... Crazy. You know, what do you do? How do you even mentally... Yeah, yeah we, we don't yeah. really get start. We've seen a lot. Uh-huh, We've seen sure. people, in it, so we don't get very starstruck, but it's hard not to. Yeah. It, it is it is one of those things. And you, you get caught off guard where you're like, right. okay, I'm, I'm cool, I'm chill. You know, this guy just wants to make great music, you know, and just like everybody else. And then he lays that solo in front of you, yeah. and you're just right. like, oh, my God. Oh, when I started, the yeah. um, 2012 Olympics were on. Uh-huh. So I really associated with the Years. athletes going to do their most important project. It's like right. I feel like everything in my life had led up to this moment. Craziness. And there was all this purpose and reasoning and strength and everything that goes into it. Right. The pinnacle of what exactly. you've been training for your whole career. Exactly. Yeah, that's so that's cool. It was cool to be parallel with that. It felt like, okay, here we go. It's crazy. Because like... I remember the first thing, because I know you were over there in the winter time, called this winter on record in Minneapolis. <laughs> me and Julia were in LA. She invited me to check out her, her friends, Carmen, who are performing at the Troubadour. Then we get out of the Troubadour and then Julia goes, Oh, Prince wants you to post something. He's chaos and disorder instrumental. And I'm like, then I hear Ooh. the guitar and I'm like, Damn. wow, Prince is, Prince is, the guitar sounds a little bit different. It sounds like him. She's like, that's Donna. That was my first time I ever heard of Donna Grantis. Oh, so yeah. I'm sure Donna was like, how She's the heck great. did he know? Because I go back home and I put the post up and I put diagnosis, Donna is the water warm enough. That was the first ever time that everyone ever heard of someone named Donna. We didn't know Grantis or anything, but we got that. So while you're dealing with winter, we're just in LA. Oh, da, 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 da. oh nice. Chris is just doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put up on SoundCloud. And then... <clears throat> You know, for a while, I did stuff behind the scenes with Prince, but Record Plant was when he first summoned me for Andy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, was like, Julie hits me up, 
Prince wants to know what time you can get to the studio tonight. I'm like, what? I'm like, this whole thing of us never talking face to face, even though we're in the same room, has worked out great for <laughs> yeah. a long time. Because people don't last too long around him. And I've been kind of around almost like 10 years at the time. I don't want to mess that up. Yeah. You know, I'll be at the house parties. I know he was trying to figure out who I was and how these reports kept ending up. But I just go, I'm not really comfortable with it. I just want to stay where we just go through you or through emails. I'm cool with it. It's like, okay, I'll tell him. Five minutes later, she sends me a text. So he wants to know what time you're going to be at the studio tonight. I'm like, damn. (laughs) So I get to the record plant. And as you said, I I live in L.A. You meet a lot of people. I've seen Michael before. I've seen Madonna. So... I get in and the person goes, who are you here for? I'm like, here for Prince. Oh, do you want us to ring the room? No, it's okay. I need, I want to use the restroom first. Then I'll go into the room myself. Just, you go to the restroom. I did take a leak, but then I just kind of look in the mirror. You know, I'm like, just cool. He's going to try to <laughs> <laughs> magic composure. Yeah. You had to have yeah. that pep talk, right? Yeah, just be cool. It's all, it's all good, Jim. I'm, I'm wearing it's a suit. Good. As he called it, I'm, I was wearing my church shoes because that's when he played me a freaking ping pong while I was wearing his flip-flops. Yeah. Which anyway. He, he promptly beat you, I'm sure. No? Yes, yeah. very easily. Yeah. Same with Andy. Yeah, Andy's but, good too, yeah. So I went into the room. I went into the bathroom. I'll just chill, cool. All right, got this. Walking in, being Mr. Professional, trying to make deals happen. And then Julia sees me, and then she gives me a hug. I'm like, oh, professional, what the hell? <laughs> the prince, like, he sees me, stands up from the couch, gives me the, the high five, and like, thank you for that. I was like blown away. But yeah, it's the whole thing is even with him, even though I've been around it all the time, I need to kind of like compose myself at first. You didn't kind of have that. I can just imagine your reaction when you finally figured it out. It wasn't well, Prince. I mean, it was l- Prince. you know, like I, I had worked with, um, I'm not trying to name drop, but I'd worked right. with the biggest, Michael, Madonna, these people. I've mixed right. records for all of them. And Prince is one of the people who, he comes to you. If you actively tried to work with Prince, at least as an audio engineer, it wouldn't happen. You know, he, right. would, he would probably get offended even that you think you could do that with somebody like him. <laughs> right. Um, because he was, you know, so legendary. And so for me, when I first saw him, I was like, all these things kind of happened at once. And I was just happy that everything sounded good and that I didn't half step because, right. you know, I came, I was feeling very strongly about the material I had up you mm-hmm. know, on the console at the time. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was really cool. You know, we, we very concerned about the music, you know, when we first started working, it was you know, you, you hear all these different stories and you try just to say, you know, I'm just going to ignore all that and focus on one thing at a time. You try to be zen about it. I'm not going to climb right. the mountain. I'm just going to look at every little step. And that seemed to be his focus at the time was the music. Everything was, was based on that. Um, that didn't always happen later on. But, right. um, you know, that that's a very good impression. It's something that you think, man, this guy, he, really, he does care about music. He always did, you know. Right. And so, you know, you... So do we, you know. So I think just finding common ground is the, the important thing to do whenever you're working in our capacity. Yeah. We've, we've heard from other people that he likes to test you or maybe even <laughs> sabotage yeah, you just yeah. to what, kind what, of what's, tell what's, what's the, like, the Star Trek it? thing, the, uh, uh, the the test they have in Kubarashi? What, I forget. He, 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 you know, an example <laughs> you would be like somebody, somebody like Prince would sometimes say something like, all right, I want you to change this by the smallest increment you possibly can. And you'd go, mm-hmm. okay. And you would do it. And you go, okay, okay. Scientifically, you couldn't even tell a difference, <laughs> right? And you go, okay. Now, split the difference. Mm-hmm. That's, in, that's impossible, you know, by, by definition. So, um, 
some of that I think might have been to kind of stress you out, see how you how you would handle it. You know, right. it might, I mean, some you, how what else could it be? It had to have been a test. Like the, mm-hmm. My first day at Paisley, mm-hmm. I walk in the building and there are no assistants. There's it's like basically Julia opened the door. I walked in mm-hmm. and then the phone rings and it's him. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like this is your voice through a telephone. Wow. Right. Like, it was my first time experiencing it all, and it was just, uh-huh. cool, what, what do you want me to do? He goes, oh, I want to play drums on something, so why don't you mic up the drum kit, and I'll come down and play some stuff. Right. And then my first question was like, um, well, do you want to go to Analog, or do you want to go to Pro Tools? He was like, uh, I think I'll do Analog. Uh-huh. All right, cool. So I hang up the phone, and I spend the next two hours... Searching Paisley Park <laughs> as if it's my own studio. Like, where are the mic oh, cables? Man. Where are the microphones? Can somebody point me to the drums? Yeah. How how does yeah. the patch bay yeah, work? Yeah. How's like, the patch bay set up? Does, it's like are the tie lines working. If you go to record wow. plant or somewhere, you have an assistant, you have a right. prep input list, you have <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah. And I got there and it's just like, okay, so hey man, this is the job. This is the gig. I'm here. Let's make it right. happen. And I mic up the kid, and I get it all tested, and I'm like, just sit, nervously sitting, awaiting for the phone to ring again. And then he calls, and he's like, "So, are you ready?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, it's ready to go." He goes, "I think I want to try to um, go to Pro Tools instead." <laughs> so it's like, okay, I just watched the Kevin Smith video. Uh-huh. Like two weeks uh-huh. before I went, just uh-huh. randomly, uh-huh. so I already knew that puzzling and riddles and games was just part of it mm. so i was just like well let me just play along and figure it out mm. so I, I figure out how to get the drum kit to pro tools right. and then test it and get it prepped mm. and of course the phone rings he's like i think analog's warmer let's just try analog so i just knew already it's like i never even met him go and it. it's just like okay well going just, on with that yeah let's yeah. make it happen <laughs> and then i didn't meet him the rest of the day he calls back and goes um, I think we'll pick it up tomorrow. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like sweating bullets on, for man. hours. And yeah. then the next day, I guess he felt like I passed. And then he, right. was, he came down and introduced himself. And Cool. We didn't Crazy. even play drums. <laughs> so yeah. I think the fact that you showed up for day two, he's like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> he came back for more of that. All right. And then we'll get into with Third Eye Girl. Now, because he brings out so much in other artists, especially with... Judith and then with Andy like when I saw when I with, was with her in the studio she kind of like caught something like when the mix was being played back for her that it took Prince a minute then he heard it as well so I was like kind of impressed with Andy hmm. but then you talk with Andy and then she's perfectly okay with playing the audience of size of a hotel cafe not so much when she was doing those welcome to tours and playing stadiums hmm. She's uncomfortable with it. And same with Judith. Judith's great, but I think with her album, he was able to bring out so much more from her than pre- previous other people, even including Michael. No disrespect, but her album, her voice, you know, I think that Ridiculous. he either pushed her or whatnot, but it was just amazing. Yeah. You know? She's incredible, though. I, I'd worked with her separately mm-hmm. before the whole Prince gig, and she killed it. She, it was a real hard day for her. She just found out some pretty pressing news in her life. Uh. And she came in and she knocked out the vocal in like three takes. And it felt like 
you were recording Aretha Franklin. Crazy. Like it felt like classic. That is the most awesome vocal take. I cannot believe I just witnessed that. Yeah, the, these people. I mean, you know, both both of those singers are. <clears throat> they're the type of musicians that make other musicians sound good. Prince was very much that. You, mm-hmm. you 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 sounded the bass player always sounded better when they were playing next to Prince. You know, <laughs> right. the drummer always sounded better because Prince could play around them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember watching Prince like. You know, not tuning with a, a pedal. He would yeah, tune by yeah, ear very always, and baffled me. Like, like, like he would, he would, he would like uh, guys play something so he could tune up to them, and wow. it was almost like he was wow. fixing any like idiosyncrasies he heard and stuff. And wow. you know, to to me, I'm a I'm a big fan. I, I grew up in Florida, and a lot of times you have technical problems with guitars intonation because you have them in a. It's mm-hmm. a humid environment, humid, yeah. so sometimes you have the guitar in your guitar case in your car, and you bring it to the studio, and the the temperature change. You know, you can tune an E string, but maybe if you play it up here on the neck, it's not an. Even though you play an E up here, it's not an E anymore. Right. And he could get around that. He could play around that stuff so fan mm-hmm. like nobody else I, I've ever seen. It was fantastic watching him do that. Crazy. And uh, and cut also, you know. You wouldn't see him, you know, like when you go to a bar and you hear somebody tune and they're like, bah, 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 and then you hear him kind of bend it. He would like strum his guitar and be able to almost hear things polyphonically. Like you could hear the different notes and automatically know, oh, that's off, that's off, that's wow. off, and tune up. It was fantastic watching him do that, at least from what I saw, you know. It was a. Uh, now, with you, with Third Eye Girl, putting all these musicians that haven't exactly worked together before and. Being kind of, I wouldn't say fresh off the boat, but they're kind of. <laughs> right. You, you mean fresh off the YouTube? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how he found them was off of YouTube. Right? But yeah. How was that? How Dude, was I'm, I'm glad that I was there for that because for probably a month or two, we'd worked on the bulk of Artificial Age and Phase Two, what became Phase Two. Right. Hmm. Those songs were being recorded during that period. And then the girls came in kind of slowly. Well, Ida was already there, but yeah, to see them all play as an ensemble for the first time was really cool to witness. Yeah, because it's like I he didn't know when I got there that I was a musician also. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't really promote it. So to witness other musicians was kind of fun for me because I'm like <laughs> you could live vicariously through oh, them absolutely. right absolutely it was okay. just like whoa let's see this let's see them handle this curveball yeah or whatever it was so it was cool to see like you say fresh off the boat a drummer a bass player and a guitarist right and then he could just float around between keys and guitars or vocals or whatever he wanted it to do or even lay out right and let them take it yeah. and I have to say Hannah definitely deserves the MVP of the mm. universe from where she started to where she ended up with him. Right. She, it's, a, I, it's a tough drummer. I cannot game. tell yeah. you, man, how hard it was. Because he see, rides the drummers. Yeah, drums and engineers, I tell you. <laughs> but it was so cool to see her growth and development in that period. Right. Don and Ida, they just gelled so well together. It was it was cool to see the camaraderie like outside of the studio and like the sisterhood and all that, especially in that winter cold. Oh, all right, so gotta ask this: you ended up in the screwdriver video. How did that happen? Was it just because there was 
there was the the husband <laughs> of the girls. boyfriend for boys. Donna. Then there was <laughs> the for Hannah, yeah, Josh. Josh. And so they threw you in the mix. So Josh and Trevor. Yeah. 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 And then with the whole fixture life, what ended up being the fixture life yeah. of lyrics, we just didn't know what so it was. So they were, I guess, this running joke of third eye boy. Right. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah, we yeah were that's the, right. That's the right. three fellas <laughs> around Paisley, <laughs> and it was just like we need this spot filled. And <laughs> I'm at uh, probably a little joke that I shouldn't tell, but while we were doing the walk up to Screwdriver, mm-hmm. he was like, "Why don't you pretend you're with Ida?" I'm like. Ooey, sha, sha, cuckoo, yeah. <laughs> and nobody got it but him. And he like he, he was like, that's pretty funny. Clever. So, <laughs> I was like, cool. I'm just glad I know your back catalog. Know, li- listeners are playing that song in their head right now. Yeah. We're trying to think, wait, I know yeah. that. What's the yeah. song? Oh, we'll, yeah. let we'll let them figure it out. them figure it out. They can awesome. tweet it to us later. Yeah. Great sure that they yeah. yeah, check the comment section. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real so thing. yeah, it was weird. I mean, I was there to record. I was yeah. there to be but an that's engineer. How it is. And then, hey, we need somebody to fill in the space on camera. It's like that's actually how I ended up on Kimmel doing the rock and roll love affair. I was right. Like, I literally was tuning his guitar, not like he tunes it, but <laughs> through a tuner in the control bing, room. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. That way. And then he heard me like he heard me play chords, and he could say could hear that i played lead a little bit mm-hmm. so you know i think he liked to stand right outside of the control room and just spy on you and <laughs> chris, chris is underselling this a little bit he's a fantastic no, I'm, musician I'm... He, he played with a band called self and has been doing like he, he can do a, play a bunch of instruments as well he's awesome. very good so i'm, I'm primary, don't let him sell himself short no, i'm primarily a keyboardist that's my yeah, main instrument yeah. i play uh-huh. enough guitar to fool people Mm-hmm. And I guess I fooled him just enough just for him enough. to be like, "Why don't you come on? Why don't with you us? come rehearse with us?" And when <laughs> really? he said it at the time, I was like, "Okay, well, this is just to take some of the stress off of the beatings from the studio, you know? Like, right. here's a little relief." <laughs> it's throwing sort you of, from. Yeah, yeah, totally. I thought it was like you would do that. We'd already recorded the song and and listened to it a thousand times, so I knew it inside and out. Mm-hmm. It's super simple. Yeah, chordal three four chords. So I played through a rehearsal a couple times, and he was just like, cool. All right, let's go back to the studio and work. <laughs> and then we go on to play ping pong on a break, and I avoided playing him in ping pong the whole time because <laughs> I, I saw how he whipped up on people. Yeah. And this one time, for whatever reason, he requested me as an opponent. <laughs> you can't exactly. say no. You can't say no. You just got to take the yeah. whooping, right? So he's bending down on the table and he's serving me, and it's just like, and you don't even know what happened. Yeah. And he does that a couple of times, and it gets a laugh. Everybody's sitting around going, aha, yeah, Chris sucks. <laughs> and then right before he served, he's like, so what are you going to wear on Kimmel? And then he's, wow. And I'm like, that's how you found uh, out. That's how I found out. Yeah. In the middle of an ass whooping. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you can win this right. game. I'm going to be on TV. I was like, <laughs> something fly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The Kimmel, the Kimmel thing was fun, yeah. but the after shows were even more yeah, fun. Oh, man. The that was incredible. Clip. Yeah, absolutely. So, but then the video, then all that all came to be 
you know, with Screwdriver. Now, was there any more pl- future plans for the quote-unquote Third Eye Boy before that? I, you know, came I was never and... privy to anything until it happened or <laughs> it, it, we were in the middle of it, so I don't know. Because I know that there was this whole big old guessing game for who is Third Eye Girl, and it was supposed to be one of the band members, but it wasn't. We won't get into who it was supposed to be because that mystery was never solved, but it's kind of like then it ended up being the band and they were introduced on Fallon. Uh, when he was doing the late night with Jimmy Fallon, which was their first ever TV appearance. You know, yes, I believe uh, you had Hannah for Rock and Roll Love Affair. I'm not sure Donna was no, there Donna yet. Donna wasn't, wasn't quite there yet. And, um, but that was, that was it. Their, their debut and doing Screwdriver and then an old classic Bambi, Bambi. which was one of my Ooh. favorite songs. Oh yeah. And I want to say, I want to say I had a part in pushing him towards the rock a little bit because I'm, I you know he's obviously the greatest funk awesomeness, mm-hmm. but I was always privy to the pop and the rock stuff. That was like right. my jam, yeah. and I gotta say, you know, I I want to just say that my elbows were in there, yeah, going you know, screwdriver. Let's do guitar solo at the end, you know. And yeah. he he loved the fanness of it all. Like I was a fan sitting there in a cool. professional capacity, but. Right. I think he fed off of that because I was sure. ear to ear, like, <laughs> yeah. throw the flanger on, like, rock it out, bro, come on. Fat chords. And it's just crazy because radio wasn't playing it, but Howard Stern and there was Grammy critics and so many people that were in love with Screwdriver. Yeah. You know, and I just, it didn't get the love that it deserved big time. I loved seeing it live. I loved Third Eye Girl. I love the set list that he would choose from these shows. Wow. He had She's Always in My Hair around forever. Right. But Third Eye Girl made it their staple song. Yeah. It was just amazing. I love that version of it, too. Oh. Yeah, the rock, the rock definitely... I mean, look at... Let's just take Let's Go Crazy, what he did to that. Oh, man. He yeah. took this classic song... Turned into Led Zeppelin. Yeah, completely I was like... just ripped the guts inside out and just you had this most amazing raw... Perfect intro song for that show. Ah, oh, yes. people lost their mind. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, did. I did. I lost I, my mind. I was yeah, like, that was it. Working on this sick. stuff and going like, I can't believe this. I can't believe how lucky am I to be sharing the existence of all. You know, what I mean? <laughs> right. you, you get kind of, you know, you get grandiose thinking about it. You know, but, and that uh, came from like a late night session because I got sent that like it got posted on a, on a thing like the Vimo, and then they're like. It was five thirty in the morning. Check check this link. I'm like, what the hell was he doing this all night? And then it's like, it kind of like when cause you said Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. with whole lot of love. I'm kind of wondering why didn't Third Eye Girl tackle that yeah. more so? Just because he did whole lot of love and it was amazing. And then Robert Plant one time said, you know, I'll never be with princes. He's an absolute genius. And that's coming from Robert Plant. Like yeah. that's yeah. quite amazing. And there's a lot of artists, just like Dave Grohl said, when he did Best of You at the Super Bowl, he felt for a minute he couldn't do that song anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, people would cover Prince's songs. Like, Foo Fighters did, Darling. Did you hear yeah. about the but Dave Grohl diatribe at the Foo Fighters show at the Forum? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I remember seeing that. You I had posted post- the clip and it just came up. It was like a five-year anniversary of it. But the talk, clips yeah, talking about so I went to that show. Cool. Oh, the Foo Fighter the show. Foo they Fighter show. About yeah. So, um, my wife got us tickets. It was cool. I was like, I've always been a Dave Grohl fan. Uh-huh. Foo Fighters are awesome. We went to the yeah. show, and about halfway through the show, he's like, "Can we turn the lights out?" And then the lights go out, and then he just starts talking about 
Prince out of nowhere. <laughs> and I look over at Robin, I'm like, dude, Prince is here. Prince is here. Um, I get all geeked out going, yeah, yeah. Prince is going to come out and jam with Dave in the group. This is going to be so cool. This is going to be so cool. And he builds it up for like five minutes. He goes on and on and on about Prince. And it was basically him telling a story about when he jammed with him once. Yeah. At the forum. At the forum. Yeah. And then the lights came back up and the Foo Fighters concert continued. And I was so disappointed. I was like, dude, I was yeah, getting do that. to come out. Yeah. People, oh, man. You were not the only one. Oh, Everyone, because yeah. they kept bringing out different special guests on every tour stop. So people thought, because yeah, yeah. what happened at the forum run is that they rehearsed Whole Lot of Love oh, with wow. Dave on drums. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Someone. Another guy named Chris has footage of it. Chris, if you're listening to this, yeah, <laughs> just saying. Come on. The other Chris, Chris E. We have Chris yeah. G. We have Chris J. <laughs> Gotta get him. But apparently, they would rehearse it, and they were, and then he was supposed to call Dave in to come on stage that night. Twice Dave did that, and twice Prince didn't call him, and he would oh. be at the shows. Then a third time. Oh, so you're saying maybe Prince was in town and would have. Yeah. We we didn't know what was going on. We were waiting for it, but it's so like that would have been awesome if Prince maybe told Dave that hey I might stop by and he yeah. set it up. You all yeah. And then Dave got punked. That yeah. that's actually yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> like just wait. You're the conjecture is just so delicious, <laughs> isn't then, it? <laughs> and then the the one time Dave didn't go to the show, there was another person with long hair. Kerwin was Prince's security guard at the time. Prince is telling Kerwin, "Get Dave. We're gonna do a whole lot of love." And he's like, "That's that's not Dave." He was trying to tell him, and it was the night that Nika Costa was there. Well as well so it would have been dave on drums nika doing lead and then prince doing guitar and then backing up nika but it just oh, turned out God. to be nika and prince i have i have video footage of that there was just stuff that i had to record i have it on my youtube but it's private i may put that out as a little christmas gift but oh yeah, it's just man. dave and, and prince i but he's got the rehearsal footage of it so i i want to hear that but that would have been <laughs> amazing if he would have came out or done anything but just craziness. I don't know what else to say. Well, just, I, lo I just love that way. third eye. The whole third eye girl era was really special, and you can tell, you could feel it. You know, just from the sound. I always loved the rock sound too. I just, you know, just that that guitar. Get him on guitar. That's all I want. But um, it was nice because the departure. Because before that, it was very jazzy, and you know, there's more poppy and jazzy. Right. You know, with like R and B, the, the R and B too. Always. Yeah. So it was kind of cool that he. It's almost like he's like, okay, flipping the page. Okay, now which can I master right. now? But okay, he, you know. he encompassed music for real. He can do every genre. Yeah. Like there was times like back in the day, the record stores would be sometimes Prince would be in the R and B section, right. sometimes he'd be in the rock section. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you first wanted walked into Tower Records, the good old days, you know, you didn't know what section it was going to be in because some stores had it differently. Yeah, you know, and I. I kind of miss record stores a little bit is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, but you guys have been so amazing. We got to get you back on and talk more about Third Eye Girl stuff. And same with you, Dylan. You know, with yeah, as, as stuff comes out, you know, so you can elaborate more so on it. We're very, very appreciative. Congratulations on your Grammy nomination. You already Thank have you. one win. I hope you get another Thanks. win. You know, I appreciate it. Anything, appreciate it. anything that you guys are working on right now that you kind of want to give a shout out to or promote? No, I'm, I'm waiting on files for Rita Orton right now, but uh, they're supposed to be here yesterday. Rita <laughs> so, Ora? Yeah. So okay. I've got, and uh, 
I'm doing a track with E40 right now and some other stuff. And then there's like another um, a duo, Jacob and Fanny, who are unsigned that are fantastic songwriters that I've been right. working with. Those have been the main main things I've been focusing on right now. I just wondered the other track that Rita Ora recorded with him that had different song titles. I think it ended up being Pink Champagne. I hope that gets a release. Oh, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. And I, I happen to know she, that it was being mixed. Is that yeah, UOB? At one point. Yeah. Right? Is that no? But they changed, they the, changed title. the title. Yeah, it's like Pink Champagne or something. It's different now. And Chris, what are you up to right now? Um, I just finished tracking a record with a singer songwriter here in LA named Wendy Sweetlove, mm-hmm. and I also do broadcast mixing for the Kings of Leon when oh, they cool. do shows with internet or television based things. Nice. And I'm also working on pre production for a television show about my life. So. Boom. Congrats on that. Hope it happens. <laughs> Me too. So. <laughs> and lastly, before we go, I forgot this in a new section. GQ, they have a bunch of uh, Prince stuff, Prince quotes from different artists. I did help out with that. Um, there were certain people that weren't going to do it, but we got them involved. There's going to be a special longer online version that will probably be out before we air again. So look for that. We'll send out a tweet link, Facebook, me, post it on the site. Um, but it's really good, really cool, a lot of great quotes. Um, I want to thank you guys again so much for being on. Chris, hit yeah. it up. One last thing before we're out. Um, rest in peace, Prince. But also Booker T, another engineer yeah. that is yeah. nominated for this. I saw that. And why don't we mention him earlier? That's yeah. my fault. Yeah. I, I get a card pulled for that. <laughs> Yeah, I saw Booker T's name and mixed in that. That's craziness. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. We'll see. Maybe peace to him. Maybe if we win, we can come back and talk about that some more. Would love to have you on after that, and I hope you guys win. I know that probably Thanks. is an award that they will give on screen, but we will paint. I'll be paying attention that Sunday, refreshing my phone <laughs> to make to be like, come on, man, come on. Heck yeah. Dude, I'm looking forward to it. It's something since I was a kid watching Michael and Prince and the whole. Oh, sure. You know. And like I said. That was a thing. Yeah. He hasn't got an engineer award before, so I really would yeah. like to see that happen. Yeah. You know. Just Let's, my take ho- on it. Hopefully they'll vote for him. You know, hopefully people will know about it. I mean, there's In fact, a lot of. You should just tell people to do it. Yeah. Vote. Vote, vote, nearest vote members do it. Nearest members vote for Prince. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think through the years, you know, we've seen. We've picture he has his own studio he obviously is a talented engineer how do you right. have a facility like that custom not, consoles yeah, yeah like you know and custom you see the instruments. you see the symbols everywhere and stuff and you understand how much care and detail you know went into it whenever he was building the place you know mm-hmm. um there were aspects of it technically that that obviously took a hit uh and there's a guy up there jason who's been doing a lot of work to try to get things technically you know fixed and things like that which mm-hmm. was a near impossibility whenever you're working you know, full time on all this stuff. Right. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it's high time he, he, you know, it'd be great for him to win one posthumously, you know, for, you know, yeah. his engineer work on his own music. I wish it got more, but I'm glad I got the engineering. And like I said, I really want it to win. So yeah. I hope it does. Good luck to you guys. We'll be sending out positive vibes. Thank you. You know, until that day in February and then, then some, anything you want to add, Chris, before we sign off? No, I'm good, man. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Dylan, thank you for being here. Chris James, thank you for being here with us. Chris G, producer, thank you for being around. <laughs> the thank- other the other producer, Chris. The other producer, Chris. <laughs>
thank you, our audience, so much for listening in. I know there's been a few emails and whatnot that's been sent to me this past week. I haven't been able to get to it. I appreciate it. Even with the tweets, I've been lagging on that a little bit, reading your guys' stuff. Thank you so much for supporting us. We're glad to be here for you. Thank you for being here for us. Much love. Keep it funky.